to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck. And we have a guest with us today. We're speaking with Elfin Waters. Elfin, welcome to Language Chats. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Oh, we, it is our pleasure to have you and we're very happy to have you with us, joining us all the way from Italy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a, a long distance guest um, on Language Chats. Um, now, some of you might know Elfin um, if you are on Instagram um, and perhaps if you are interested in Italian, the Italian language, or you are learning Italian, um, Elfin is pretty well known on the grams um, as All About Italian. Yes, I'm All About Italian on Instagram. Beck and I met there, you know. Uh, I got to know Penny after through Beck, but that's where we both started out, right? That's right. That's right. And it's, can you tell everybody a little bit, so I I don't want to give too much away because I kind of want you to tell your, your story, but can you tell everyone a little bit about, a little bit about yourself, what you do, and also your, your story with language and how it is that you come to be where you are today? Ooh, wow. Uh, well, I just mentally I was just doing that flashback towards February, what was it, 2016, 2017, when I started out on, on Instagram and I got to know the whole language learning community on Instagram. That was just such an exciting moment. And I think that helped me, you know, as a language learner, just, you know, finding this way of connecting through, through, through social media just gave my my life in general, a, a different direction. But in general, I, let's say I started out with becoming involved in le- learning Italian, helping people learn Italian, because I don't see myself as teaching Italian. I, I see myself as a, a partner in crime, you know, as aiding people to, to learn Italian. Uh, I think it started a bit after, you know, with, with, with Instagram. But before that, I was specifically an English teacher and I was not online at all. And and even though languages had always, they've always been a part of my life. I mean, since a child, they were a part of my life because my parents were from two different countries. They, you know, they were enthusiastic about languages in general. And so I think I've always a bit dabbled with languages Without the online world, it was much a much more difficult process. I mean, I am so glad I I saw the before and after because now I, I can really appreciate what the internet has to to offer, you know. And but as I grew up, I started growing up. At some point, I hate to say this, I sort of let go of languages. I was a big dabbler, language dabbler. I loved dabbling in languages. Oh, let me, I mean, for the time, considering we didn't have internet, I was one of the first language dabblers and I really enjoyed exploring other languages. There was no, no language that didn't really intrigue me. And then as I sort of grew up and people don't see me, but I'm sort of doing quote unquote <laughs> grew up. I started thinking, well, maybe this is not, I started seeing people around me not doing this thing. I, I don't know. 
I sort of let go of the idea. I didn't have first, at first I didn't, I didn't have time. It seemed like I didn't have time. I had to do more important stuff. I had to work. I had to, you know, do adult stuff. And then I, I put my languages on a back burner and they stayed there. Mm. <laughs> and I cannot believe I'm even saying this because now they're such a big part of my life. And this is just to, as a warning story to, because people who love languages think, oh, well, that will never happen to me. But it can, not because you don't love languages or anything, but sometimes life and who you live with, your language environment, have a way of changing your perspective on things. And it's nothing wrong with deciding, oh, you know what, I'm not interested in languages anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's what you're, you know, you've lost that interest. But if it's who you are, you start losing sight of that that's when that's really sad and that's why I'm, I, I like to share my story because this was really what, what I was all about and I sort of let it go and I was leaving aside uh, something that was a really important part of me and I wasn't happy about it I didn't realize it because then when you start becoming all adult you get all caught up with your your routine, your daily routine, you don't realize that you're slowly shedding layers of yourself that were really important to you, that made your heart sing, that made you smile, no matter how silly. If spending five minutes a day on Duolingo, doing who knows what language, gives you that extra smile, by all means, do it. And I had sort of lost sight of that. And I was slowly becoming a bit miserable, although I didn't realize it because you don't, you don't realize it. You, you're caught up in a life and you realize it's, you don't realize it's not your own. <laughs> and then I had some health issues and I had to just stop everything. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I had to just recover, prioritize my health. And it was very difficult, but it, I was actually quite lucky because that forced me to prioritize myself. Mm. And I slowly went back to languages and it was the first thing I did. And just, it's like, I started breathing again. It was like, wow, wait a minute. I really missed this. <laughs> I really missed it. And, and that also brought me to the idea, well, you know, I'm not well enough. I will, uh, I need to work, I need to pay my bills, and I started working online, but I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just, you know, teaching languages. But at the same time, my experience sort of informed what I was doing, and I discovered completely by mistake that there were people interested in learning Italian. I would have never thought there was such a thing. There were a whole world out there interested in learning Italian. I don't know. And it's just like languages, again, once again, came into my life, both as a learner and as a sort of teacher, and for the better. And that that changes it changed everything, and I feel like I'm just giving a long monologue. But basically, that that is my my story in a nutshell, and that's it. And so I see people out there that are sort of on a fence about: Do I let language learning in my life? No, I don't have time. I have to do this. I have to do that, and it's so important. And I feel for them, but at the same time, I'm like, no, you you 
you don't need to learn another language. You need to find, have a conversation with yourself. And then, you know, because if you cannot find 10 minutes for something that matters to you, then you have to really take a deep breath and think things over because, you know, we are important. We tend to think that taking care of our loved ones, our family, our house is important. It is. These are all important things, but we are important in all this as well. We are the, and our loved ones want us to enjoy what we do. They don't want us to forget about and I'm looking at Penny for example she has a family no and our families don't want us we sort of think that by loving our family we have to dedicate time to them but the truth is often that we have to spend time with ourselves if we want to truly love our families friends and job and everything and if we're not spending that extra time on something that gives us joy in this case languages and ourselves, then we are not going to be as, we'll not be showing up for the people as well as we could. People don't see it, don't see it, but Mac and Penny are sort of nodding. <laughs> they cannot, you cannot see it because this is a podcast. <laughs> I think what you said is so important because we, as people that you know talk about language and love languages and love learning languages don't often talk about periods of our life when we've let it go for whatever reason and yeah just it, you know you really struck a chord with what you said because you know it happened to me as well in my 20s when I was you know on this different path I was very focused on this what I was working in and then suddenly like oh no this isn't right I'm missing something and and then I changed directions and I've been on a different direction since. Um, so I really love what you said because it's obviously made such a – your life has completely changed since you had that. Unfortunately, it started with a health scare. No, no, no. Yeah, this is not – but it's – I'm I'm lucky. I know I'm lucky. Yeah. I, I got the, yeah. <laughs> In a was, way, yeah. Was a, yeah, it uh, was an easy wake-up call. Yes, we think when we are involved in our passions, we think that they will never go away. And in a way, they don't because they're still there. In the, but they can be moments in which maybe we're not surrounded by the right people. That's why really community, having your own language learning community is really so important. Having people around you that get you because then you can sort of feel like you're alone that you're not, no matter how motivated you are, peer pressure is real. <laughs> if you're surrounded by people that don't get the whole language learning experience, you can have moments in which you sort of postpone things indefinitely. Well, of course, I guess there are always things in life too which just seem can seem more practically important. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I guess one of the things that and, and I am the same as Penny was saying before, like we've all had times in our lives where our passion for languages or at least now I know that it was my passion for languages that had been pushed aside, but I don't think I realised until I didn't have it. Um, and it was, you know, a time in my life where I'd finished studying and I was in kind of my early 20s and I'd started my career and I knew that there was something missing. At first it kind of, you know, um, came into my life as 
I didn't like my job. But then I realized <laughs> in not liking my job that I had other things that were missing in my life and I needed to find what they were. And in the end, it was, you know, kind of the languages part that made me that made me feel like I had something that I cared about that was personal to me as well. Um, and that made me kind of help it made it sort of helped me to progress again and I think that you know the hard the hard thing about focusing on those things in life that bring you joy as you said are that there are other stresses that make you worry um things like money and work and you know maybe it's studies for other people or you know people in your life that you need to care for um whether they're old or young um and all of those things can seem more important because it feels like if you don't do those or if you don't fix or those or if you don't take care of those problems then everything might just fall apart and then how mm. could you how could you enjoy anything anyway <laughs> yes, and so yes, it's it's yes. a really good thing to remind yourself that the the things that you love in life and the things that give you pleasure and are fun and enhance your experiences are just as important because they will keep you healthy too. Yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. the that's the thing that we often get. We overlook, you know. And yeah, this. absolutely. How um in because I guess in a lot of your interactions with the community online, as well as perhaps with with students and people who you are partnered in crime with, I love that by the way <laughs> that you are a partner in crime more so than a teacher. How good. Um, <laughs> do you find that with because because you work primarily with adults mm. what do you find are some of the other the motivations for those people wanting to learn um you know wanting to learn Italian for example uh like you know is is it the the prospect of travel is it purely for joy is it you know like just a hobby something that's interesting for people or do they tend to have other kinds of motivations that are more more specific well I could just argue about the just a hobby because hobbies are important hobbies passions are important and the whole idea of doing something just for fun is just for fun is is important you know as it informs how we show up for ourselves um people who work with me are feel connected to italy they feel this connection towards italy but they also feel like they want it to be a more meaningful connection. They don't want to, they want to come to Italy and feel like they're actually seeing it from the inside. They're actually experiencing it and not just stuck in that little tourist bubble. That's why it's really important. I think one of the big struggles is showing them that there are ways of experiencing the country and seeing it from the inside also in different ways and helping learners understand that, acknowledging that those different ways are legitimate, that they're not less important than a textbook, less important than a grammar book, but they're just as important, maybe even more because they fuel your passion and they also help you see layers of a country that you will not get to see otherwise because you get to a point where you know the language fairly well enough that you can communicate but you're still on the outside no matter what language you learn you're still on the outside because there's something missing you know you cannot actually see it experience it and 
especially with Italian that is so comes with a whole lifestyle element. And how do you get into that lifestyle? How do you get to actually feel it? How do you live an authentic thing and not a tourist thing? And that's why it's really important to learn how to live a bit in an Italian way, no matter where you are in the world. I see people in Australia that have little mementos and are able to create little moments of Italian life in their daily routine. And so I think that is giving, acknowledging that all that is part preparing a dish, an Italian dish, listening to music, spending time with the language, experiencing it, is language learning and an important part because otherwise you're just left with a list of words, list of tenses, and you're not even scratching the surface. I'm fluent. Okay, now what? I want to know more about these people. What makes them tick? How can I bring that little something that for me is really special how can I bring that into my daily life is it possible that's what I help people with just letting the country into their life because there's a lot of resistance on our part when we're learning another language and we there's this other culture that we're fascinated by no matter how much we want it there is a bit of resistance because we're coming from another culture we're coming and we just have to learn how to let it into our life and come out of it better people enriched just, you know, that little space for ourselves. I, love I hope I've answered. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that too. Do you think that sometimes, just what you said um, about people sometimes being maybe resistant um, to, to really jumping into a culture, for example, mm. or like really experiencing parts of it, do you think that that's partly a kind of imposter syndrome? Like where, you know, people are concerned about feeling like they're not, they don't belong necessarily absolutely, because they are outside and they've, they've learnt the language, like they're not part of that culture yet. So like they shouldn't pretend that they are. Is it, do we need to get past a point where we're just like, you know what, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We can, we can hop in. <laughs> it is a manifestation of imposter syndrome. It's also a manifestation in the case of Italian is a manifestation of productivity culture, because Italian culture is a lot about seizing the moment, taking breaks. And if you're coming from another culture that is all about productivity, that there can be a bit of a clash there. It's also about we are resistant to change in general. Even when it's positive change, we are resistant to it. And when I host my retreats, for example, I make a big deal out of the fact that they're not my people who participate in my retreats are not coming to learn language in a classroom. They will be doing the shopping with me, picking produce with me, picking vegetables with me, living with me, and building connections with the community with me so that then they feel they are part of something and they it's easier to shed that layer. It's also, you know, connected with the fact, for example, that we keep a different foreign accent you know, we, we have we really have a hard time acquiring another accent because we don't really feel a part of it, of the language we are learning, the community we are getting close to, and we, when we start to allow the experience to wash into our lives, it becomes more natural. We have the resistance of that's why you really need somebody to sort of help you, hold your hand, and cheer you on. 
so to speak, because by ourselves, when you're inside, you're inside it, it's really hard to tell that that's what's happening. You don't really realize it. You're, you're too involved. But by allowing slowly, gradually, just resistance tends to, you let your guard down when you know that you're in a space of people that, a space you can trust where there is room for you. Because here's the thing, when we are learning another language, no matter what language, in this case, and we're talking about Italian, but I think it applies to practically every language. There might be a few exceptions. We are getting close to another culture and that enriches us. But our learning this other language and approaching the country enriches also the country and the language we are approaching. Italy needs other people getting close to us, sharing their insights, telling us, hey, we really love this, and so that we appreciate it. We are the people who, how can I say this? It, it's complicated to explain. The goal, the, the language benefits from the language learner. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in, in a simple way, but it's a bit uh, complex. I think that it's two ways, works two ways. Mm. We get something from the language we're learning, but we're also giving. We tend to underestimate how much, as language learners, we give to the communities we are approaching. And I think that if we realize that we're actually contributing in a way, we would feel even more motivated in the morning when we get up and open our books or our mm. app or whatever. You know, we feel, ah, I'm, I'm contributing. Think about... You know, I'll just take a minute to breathe. I don't want to, please, <laughs> carry on talk. I, I feel I've spoken so much. I love that. I, I don't think I've, I've heard anyone articulate that in that way before where we as language learners are giving back and we have something to give back to the language we're learning in the country where that language is spoken. I think that's really, really awesome and what a great thing to remember. and take with us it is and it's such a valuable such a valuable thing to to note especially like as Australians I think often we can appreciate that like we, we live in a country with lots and lots of people who have come from somewhere else at some point in their history, um, unless they're you know first Australians and um, or have an indigenous heritage and you know I think it's a it's a place that is richer for everything that has come to Australia. Um, like it was rich to begin with, but it's even richer now and we can appreciate that. But it's funny with language in particular, people still, uh, you know, sometimes you see older generations in, in well, near where I live in, in Melbourne, um, you know, there can be older say, for example, like, you know, Italian um, people who, you know, came to Australia very, you know, many, many years ago, but still are very self-conscious about their abilities in English. Um, and even though they probably, you know, speak Italian still within their community, maybe with their families, but they can speak, you know, English, they lived here a long time and, you know, they may be somewhat limited in their language skills, but that doesn't make them any they sh it's it shouldn't be something to be ashamed of or or something to be concerned about um because often you see people like that in society and i think that does add value when you've got people who you can tell even sometimes by the way that they speak that they've come from somewhere else and that they have a richer linguistic history 
than necessarily only speaking English. Um, but I feel like those people, any anybody who's come here and maybe doesn't speak the perfect, in inverted commas, English that, you know, sometimes people expect of people who live in Australia, um, they are making this a richer place and they're adding value um, to our kind of linguistic diversity. Mm. That really speaks to me. I mean, sometimes I do speak to people um, from Australia that have all of these concerns that you mentioned or feel that they're not speaking Italian well enough anymore. And it's just like they've done something huge. They've done something amazing. If not them, their parents or their grandparents. And it's something to be just be incredibly proud about. And and this whole idea that if you're not doing things in a certain way, that sort of takes away from what you've done. That's insane. And it's just, we it's such a loss. If people could just learn to see how they actually, it's a loss for the community. Because when you're not taking incredible pride with your your language journey and your your journey, in the case of Australia, your journey... What a loss because you're you're saying you're sending yourself the message that somehow you're less than people that were born with an accent and never actually did this incredible detour that you did. But your detour is something amazing that you get to tell your children and your grandchildren about. And it should be applauded, celebrated, and you kept the economy going. You've and your accent says all that. Your vocabulary says all that, tells that story. And it's a beautiful story to tell. We have to be telling our stories, sharing our stories more so that we forget about these terrible stereotypes and cliches that just are out there to keep us all in our place, in our little boxes, as opposed to out there enriched and more powerful thanks to our stories because a community that has this variety, this diversity is a rich community and should be celebrating this. Mm. I've none. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> um, changing tact a little, I yes. know that part of your um, work with All About Italian and what you love to do with your students and people with, that work with you revolves around television TV. Absolutely. Something that we both love. Yes. Tell us what you do and the program and, and what it's all about. Absolutely. Well, at the end of the day, <laughs> and in your case, it is the end of the day. Um, at the end of the day, it TV shows are this incredibly powerful tool at so many levels. I work with Montalbano. I'm saying this because Beck took coffee break with Montalbano with me and I'm also hosting the Italian TV night and it's this way the simple way is that you take a TV show, you test your listening skills, you take note of the vocab, you can cram a TV show with dozens of um, exercises, language learning exercises. I mean, the linguistic possibilities are simply endless. But there's something more that can be done. It's your way to be thinking, I'm connecting with the country. I'm watching something that locals watch. Mm -hmm. So I feel this sense of community connection. I'm learning about their habits, their culture. I'm listening to language they would use, and which is amazing. Um, I'm getting exposure to food, uh, landscapes, architecture. And so you're getting visual inputs 
auditory inputs. You're working on your listening skills, but you're also working on that more elusive aspect that I've been talking about, the experience, the culture experience, the feeling that you're part of something. And there are so many layers. And with this program I'm running now, the Italian TV Night, we focus on uh, area of Italy through TV shows, the food that the characters are eating, Maybe they're reading a book during the episode. These are all things that you can do from home with any TV show. Any language offers these possibilities. It's your way of playing detective. With, and it's a wonderful thing because you get lost in rabbit holes. And if after the intermediate level, you're not getting lost in rabbit holes in your language learning journey, you're missing out. Because little <laughs> language rabbit holes are perfect because you get... Lost in the culture, you'll find that actor you think is really cute or, you know, those clothes that you really like. And that is the access key to the genuine language and culture that no amount of fluency can get you to on its own. And it's all supported by visual inputs, beauty. It's like also your vision board. A TV show is your vision board. It reminds you what it is that you're working at, why you're doing it. Yes, I want a bit of that you know, in my life. And it's just so powerful. And I I think it's really, I don't know, Beck, if you have this impression, it's a really underestimated tool. It can be oh, yeah. worked at so many levels. We haven't even scratched the surface yet, but we're working oh, on it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think, so yeah, TV, I mean, yeah, again, on this podcast before, we have spoken many times about how much we love television. Um, and it's funny because every time we do bring it up, we kind of have this almost, I feel like Penny and I both kind of go like, oh, you're not really supposed to say that, are you, that you really love TV? Because <laughs> it kind <laughs> no. of it, it reminds you of like a time when you were younger and your parents would be like, stop watching so much TV. Um <laughs> But really, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's a massively underestimated tool for language learners. And we're so lucky now because the access to it is much more significant than it was in the past. Wonderful. But you can immerse yourself in an environment that admittedly is a TV show. It's on the screen. But you're right. In all of the aspects that you can experience through a television show, you know, there's so much in there that is both visual, auditory, um, you know, cultural, um, all of these things that you can kind of garner from from an episode of something or from a from a film even, um, and all of those things in the past, it's been hard to to have all of those things at once if you weren't actually in a country where you could mm. speak the language, exactly. um, because you know previously it would have it would have had to have been that you would use a book, but the book can only give you so much or you know you might be able to have something that's like an audio component but then the audio component is only so much on its own and tv really does help to kind of combine all of these things in a fun way and in something that's interesting for you and I know when I did the when I did the coffee break with Montalbano <laughs> um sort of like program with you um which by the way I really enjoyed I would highly recommend it <laughs> also because I love Montalbano so when I found out that you were doing that I was like You've talked about Montalbano on this um, podcast have, before, I maybe have. maybe more than once, Beck. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, it was it was like my it was like my gateway into into Italian, and um, the the real the thing that I really enjoyed about 
doing that with you is that on many occasions before I had watched Montalbano and enjoyed the episodes with subtitles, of course. Um, but it was, I'd never gone deeper than really yes. just watching But it's it. hard. It's hard. It is. It is hard to do that. But sometimes you need the prompt of somebody else or a program that helps you to delve a little bit deeper. And that was what was kind of nice. So I guess for the benefit of everybody else, mm. you know, um, Elfin's pro- program, Coffee Break mm. with um, Montalbano, and I'm sure you have other ones too, um, kind of, you know, there is, it's almost like it has comprehension exercises and questions to delve a little bit deeper into the actual content of the episode to help you to get a better understanding, a better cultural understanding, a better understanding of the vocabulary um, and of the kind of context, I suppose, of the episode. I would, I'll just, well, it'll be one second, about subtitles. That is one of my biggest peeves. Subtitles are your superpower. People who are listening, there's nothing wrong in watching something with subtitles. Please use, don't be ashamed of it. They are your superpower. They're not something to be a badge of shame. It's okay. You watch it with subtitles. Use that. Exploit that. No, I've done. <laughs> this is something I really, I get so angry about it because people, oh, yes, but I watch it with subtitles. Yes, that's good. You can, you, there's ways to exploit the subtitles and use them and, and enrich your language learning. Quit looking for excuses to throw the sponge to give up. <laughs> you're doing something wonderful you're connecting with the culture you're good I'm sorry make face it you're doing good you're doing great I love <laughs> it I love it it's our virtual virtual pat on the bat and just say keep going watch those shows you can do it <laughs> I think that that's what you guys have both been talking about is that you know, TV is awesome and there's so many opportunities for language learners out there. Um, but there is a trick, I guess, for us not to become too passive with our TV watching, unless that's, of course, what we want to do because that's also mm-hmm. a viable option. That's also good. Um, but to take, if we really want to use it to enrich our language learning, to take the more active route and be really kind of engaged with with the dialogue and the vocab and the culture that we're seeing on screen. And I think that's just a nice wake-up call to say, yes, we can do that and we can, you know, why not embrace it more than perhaps we already are? If that's if we can say that back, should we be we could embrace TV more. Let's do more TV. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am literally always up for more TV. Yay! <laughs> um before before Elfin we we let you go I I would love to know about your podcast because because I'm not an Italian learner but I know you have this awesome podcast that is that is for Italian learners yes it is awesome (laughs) it's comparole no but I'll tell you why it's awesome it's comparole nostre and the reason I think it's and which comparole nostre means with our own words which can be hard finding the right words to say something and I think it's awesome because it's not three teachers teaching you Italian no it's three 
people who got to know each other because they teach Italian and became friends and we are chatting with each other. We don't talk to the audience, we're talking to each other, which gives people the opportunity to eavesdrop on a conversation between friends. And I think that is, there's an incredible value in that because when people are speaking to each other, they're speaking differently from when they speak, I don't know, through you. I mean, in the sense of they're letting their guard down, they're sharing opinions maybe they wouldn't share in the same way. They're using a different kind of language. So there's a great linguistic wealth in that, but also most of all the messages that of friendship, this incredible online world that allows us to become friends, even though we live in three different parts of the world and we're, you know, we're distant and we keep in touch almost every day. And I think that's that's what really matters to us, this message of um, connection, which we can all, you know, nurture in, uh, in our life. I love that. It is, a great, it is a great podcast and it really does feel like, again, like as an Italian learner I can attest to it really feeling like you're eavesdropping on somebody's conversation at a cafe or something so like that's kind of how it feels um which again is not the kind of thing that if you are not living unless you're living in Italy you don't necessarily get that kind of experience anywhere else so you can tune into Comparole Nostre and you can listen to that like you know, you could be sitting at a cafe with your headphones in, listening to the <laughs> podcast, having a coffee and thinking, you know, well, maybe I'll just imagine that I'm somewhere else for a moment. Um, and and you're right, it does have language in it and vocabulary. Like a lot of the time I find I have to listen to the episodes mm-hmm. multiple times because there is so much I would miss on a first, on a first listen. But that's okay because mm-hmm. I guess that's the whole point. Yes. Um, it's, not necess- it's not that it is specifically at a very comprehensible like at an extremely comprehensible level for learners it's that it challenges you a little bit and challenges you to try and learn some things that are probably a little bit more familiar a little bit more day-to-day a conversation among friends but the kind of conversation that you might want to have with your friends one day exactly because I think that when you're learning a language connecting ultimately can be a bit tricky I know I I found it tricky in in French and in Spanish how do you connect with another person at the right level sending out the message you want to be a friend you know and just acquire and that is a skill in and of itself in a way so but I think also it's not so important to understand every single word. Even just washing up the atmosphere, the, the friendliness can help stay connected. Definitely. Um, and also the rhythm. I think like the, the kind of yeah. melody of the speech too is really helpful for things like, you know, working on your pronunciation and, and understanding the exact kind of intonation mm. of words mm. and sentences as well. So yes, we'll make sure that there is a link to that in the in the show notes. Oh, you have been so amazing to talk to today, Elfin. Thank you so much for giving up time to come and chat to us. No, thank you. I've had so much fun. I was just so great <laughs> talking to you guys, and it was really nice being here. So thanks, thanks for having me so much. And if People who are listening are keen to find out a bit more about you. Where's the best place for them to to go? Well, um, I allaboutitalian.com. I send out a bi-monthly newsletter. And uh, then you can find me over at Instagram, allaboutitalian. 
and then con parole nostre the podcast Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Elephant Grazia. Um, Grazie. And for anybody out there, please do find out a little bit more about um, Elephant Online, especially if you are an Italian learner or maybe if you are just curious about Italy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> especially as you and your Instagram posts are both in English and Italian. Yes. So you don't necessarily have to be speaking or understanding Italian. Or maybe you fancy them. a dabble in Italian. And maybe, maybe you fancy <laughs> a dabble in Italian. All of us dabbling enthusiasts here. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Language Chats. And don't forget you can hang out with us on our Facebook group at Language Lovers AU Community. And find us on Instagram and on Facebook as well, languagelovers.au. And if you want to find out anything else about what we do or if you want to get in touch with us as well, you can go to our website, languagelovers.com.au. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Thanks, Alfin. Thank you, Alfin. Thank you, girls. Ciao. Ciao.